Hello, I am Joshua P. Warren, and this is Joshua P. Warren Daily. I am back in Las Vegas now, and, well, the past 10 days have just been a whirlwind in Asheville, and I want to tell you a couple of stories about some really weird stuff that happened to Lauren and myself when we were in Asheville, and of course I was there for the big George Norrie event last Saturday. Well, one night, it was kind of late, I'm thinking like 11 o'clock at night, and Lauren and I, uh, we were, we'd been out uh, running some errands, and I honestly, I was kind of stressed out over preparing for some of the stuff for the event, and we decided to drop by the grocery store, a 24-hour grocery store, to just pick up a couple little things before heading home. And so I'll just tell you, we went to um, we went to one of the Ingalls stores. I won't say exactly which one, but we went to one of the Ingalls stores. Now, if you are not familiar with, you know, the the southeast um, Ingalls is the big grocery store chain in North Carolina, uh, parts of South Carolina, who knows how far they've gone. I'm sure they're in Georgia. They're all over the place. Really nice grocery stores. And so we walked into this grocery store and right off the bat, it seemed like we were in the twilight zone because there was not a soul to be seen. Not a cashier, not a customer, I mean, we walked in and we thought, is this place open? You know, it was just, it was just almost like you could hear crickets in there, you know, it was very, very strange. This is a big grocery store and and to not see one person, you know, not, not one employee when you walk in had almost a Stanley Kubrick-esque feeling about it. But that said, we're like, okay, well, obviously they are open. I mean, the sign said they were open and we got in, so we walk past the registers, hang a left, and right as we hang that left, about 15 to 20 feet in front of us, this gigantic rack of lollipops just fucking explodes. Like a a poltergeist had come up and punched the thing. Now, we're nowhere near this thing, and there's nothing else around this thing. And suddenly, this yeah, this rack, it just comes over, and lollipops are everywhere. And we stopped for a second, and we were like, that was really weird. <laughs> I wish so much that I had, like, a little body cam on so you could see this. It truly it was like some kind of poltergeist phenomenon. Or I thought, well, you know, I'm... I'm in a stressed out kind of situation right now because I have a lot of things on my mind. Maybe I, you know, had a telekinetic burst here. I'm not sure how to explain that. But it was so unexpected. I mean, we didn't even stop and take a picture of it, but we should have. Uh, I'm sure there's security footage of this, but there was just no explanation for why at that moment this giant rack, you know should have done that and and mind you it wasn't like windy or anything and even if it were we'd we'd already walked in the doors were closed i mean this is probably like 45 seconds after we've walked in the door that we turn the corner and we see these lollipops explode 
the whole rack just goes, I, I mean, I'm telling you, just like a burst of energy was released. Nobody appears. Nobody does anything about it. So we go through this giant grocery store. We grab the couple of items that we wanted. And then we go to check out. There's nobody around. And then finally, we see this. It looks like a teenage boy. He's over there, like, fiddling around with some boxes. And I said, how do we check out? And he's like, oh, I'll get you, you know. So he came over. And he checked us out, and we left. And I swear, we were both like, did we just cross into, uh, like, a parallel Ingalls? It was one of those, again, Twilight Zone-type experiences. That was one weird thing that happened when we were in Asheville. Now, the, the next thing I want to tell you about is not paranormal as much as it just is uh, just completely unexpected and out of the blue. So, one night... We decided, uh, it's one of those deals where we'd, we'd been out for a while, we were just going to pick up some food to go at a local restaurant, take it back home. So I'll just tell you where this was. We stopped at the Buffalo Wild Wings on Tunnel Road. So, uh, again, our goal was to go in, sit down at the bar, uh, order our food, have a drink or two while we're waiting, and then, you know, when the food's ready, we take it, we get in the car, we go home. And it was fairly busy that night. So Lauren and I were sitting at the bar. We put in our food order. And um, a number of people kept coming into the bar area. There was a group of guys, probably five or six guys, that came in and sat down behind us. And then there were a number of people who came in and sat down at the bar. And all of a sudden, this horrible, horrible smell, a wave of like a, a fart shit aroma just comes wafting quite briskly through and you could almost see everybody instantly react to it like oh you know you could see the wave as it traveled through the crowd and Lauren she grabbed her face almost like she was gonna puke I mean it was really a very intense smell and so we all assumed somebody just walked in here and smells really, really bad. And Lauren, she doesn't hold back. She goes, look, somebody obviously has dog shit on their shoes. You know, everybody check your shoes. And she's, she's, everybody check your, you know, so everybody's looking around. Everybody's looking at each other, giving each other the evil eye. And nobody can figure out, you know, where this smell is coming from. But, I mean, it was one of the most repulsive things that, that I'd ever smelled. And so, um, Fortunately, right about then, our food was ready. The food came out. We got the food. And when we went outside, um, turns out the group of guys who had been behind us, and these all looked like they were guys in their 20s, they were standing at the entrance, and they were laughing. And uh, they have, of course, noted how strong that our reaction, especially Lauren's reaction was. And so... Uh, one of the guys goes, come here, come here, come here, I want to show you something. So we go over, he takes out his cell phone, and he starts showing us videos of people going, oh, God, what is it? Turns out, this group of guys, for fun, they go around to restaurants with a can of, like, some horrific shit fart spray, and they just spray this stuff and sit back and laugh. 
And I'm telling you, this dude had hours and hours of footage. He Apparently, he's posted this somewhere on YouTube. I haven't tried to look for it yet. Where I mean, he'll get into a car with like an Uber driver, for the love of God, and, and squirt that stuff. And these guys, you know, so they're rolling laughing, and we actually ended up rolling laughing because it was so funny to know what had happened now and to see how, like, bizarro it is that this group of guys travels around doing this. And so at first I think, like, is this a comedy troupe or something? No. All of those guys were in town because they are all in training to be corrections officers. So I'm not sure what the moral of that story is, but I I kind of feel sorry for the people who may be subjected to their antics down the road. And so we just got in the car, went back and said, wow, Asheville, you just never know. You just never know what you're going to encounter in that town, I swear. People think, you know, Las Vegas is crazy. Las Vegas is pretty predictable. Asheville is not. So anyway... Just a couple things I wanted to share with you, and uh, I, I came back to a, a nice warm welcome here because when I opened my mailbox, I have an advanced copy here in my hands of the very last book by Brad Steiger, written with his wife, Sherry Hansen Steiger, and this is an advanced copy. And I got an advanced copy because I'm very honored to say that I am featured in this book. The book is called Haunted, Malevolent Ghosts, Night Terrors, and Threatening Phantoms. It's published by Visible Inc. Press. And uh, there was a really nice letter inside. You'll Here's the letter. It says, you'll find I've enclosed an advanced copy of Haunted, Malevolent Ghosts, Night Terrors, and Threatening Phantoms by Brad Steiger with Sherry Hansen Steiger as a token of Sherry's appreciation for your help on Brad's final book. You helped him bring ghosts to life. I hope you enjoy it. Sincerely, Roger Janecki. Isn't that a nice letter? Sign. Um, So, it's a really, as always, a very thorough book. This is uh, 360-some pages. And so what I want to do here is just read for you some of what, uh, what it says here about me and my contribution. I am, uh, there's a picture of me here, and it starts on page 334. That, well, Brad and Sherry contacted me last year, I guess, and they were asking me if I could give my uh, sort of definition of what a ghost is and how to explain, you know, how they materialize or just like, what is this thing called a ghost? It's actually a very difficult question. So there's a heading here on page 334. It says, Joshua P. Warren's definition, definition of what a ghost really is. And it has a little bio of me. And then what they have done is taken what I wrote and more or less printed it verbatim. And to be honest with you, I haven't even reread this yet myself. I just figured I'd do it here on the podcast. So let me read this to you. Again, this is a passage that I wrote from Haunted, Malevolent Ghosts, Night Terrors, and Threatening Phantoms. So here we go. When I began writing my book, How to Hunt Ghosts, 
My first struggle was answering the question, how do I define a ghost? A lot of people simply think of a ghost as the spirit of a dead person. However, the subject is much more vast and complex. There are, for example, many ghosts of inanimate objects, like ghost ships or ghost stagecoaches, and ghost horses pulling the stagecoaches. And, of course, there are very few nude ghosts, so how do we account for clothes if this is solely the product of a biological source? After thinking deeply about all options, I finally hammered out this most general definition. Quote, a ghost is some paranormal aspect of the physical form and or mental presence that appears to exist apart from the original physical form. End quote. I still feel this is the best clinical definition of a ghost, but it is filled with fudge factors due to necessity. From there, we must break the ghost down into profoundly different types. Generally speaking, we have ghosts that appear to be non-interactive, redundant, and predictable, like some recording burned into the environment that replays itself over and over under certain circumstances and or for certain people, and it is simplest to call these imprints. Next, we have the opposite. Ghosts that appear to be very interactive, aware, conscious, and unpredictable. It is simplest to call those entities. Though we can talk about imprints and entities as loose and easily understood terms, each of those categories can also be divided in a myriad of ways. For example, an entity might be the essence of someone who lived as a human as we do. Or it could be a spirit that has never inhabited a human form, though it may or may not resemble a human. And imprints might literally be some holographic recording captured by some unknown property of the environment. Or it could be the manifestation of someone's, quote, psychic glimpse of a fixed event from the past. It is absolutely fascinating to dig deep into all the implications, especially since the world's smartest physicists and cosmologists tell us all events in time, past, present, and future, are actually occurring simultaneously, and we are simply observing them from various relative points of view, simulating the experience of this flexible thing we call time. Thus, I think we must ultimately accept the one solid bedrock of undeniable fact. No matter what scientific instruments we use to measure these phantasmal things, those very instruments were conceived by humans, designed by humans, built by humans, calibrated by humans, used by humans, and interpreted by humans. Everything originates and ends within the human nervous system. So... Are ghosts real? They are absolutely real in terms of the human experience. People see ghosts, but what someone sees depends on the person. So, enjoy my technical definition that ought to sate the need for definitions, but in practice, defining a ghost may be as difficult as defining your image when one peers into 
a mirror. So that was my contribution to uh, the new upcoming book, Haunted. I guess you can go ahead and order it online. Brad Steiger, Sherry Hansen Steiger, you know, Brad was a great guy. We did a lot of radio together, and uh, I've talked about him already on this podcast and uh, what, a, what a shame it was to lose him. But he sure left an enormous legacy, and boy, am I proud to be included in Brad Steiger's last book, Haunted. I hope that you'll buy that. Again, available from Visible Inc. Press. Um, I Now that I'm back here on the West Coast, am working on a number of projects. Of course, um, in fact, I do want to tell you, however, that um, when I was doing the event in Asheville... I brought some t-shirts with me because when I did my big event here in Vegas in May, uh, I had a run of t-shirts printed that said, Finding Your Magic. And I had a few of those left over, I think like 15 or something like that. And I decided to take those 15 uh, and take them to a printer and have that printer put the money sigil on the back of the t-shirts. Uh, I've never done that before. And I'm talking, this is a professional printer, t-shirt printer here in Las Vegas. And you might think, well, that's a that's an awful lot of trouble to go to. Yeah, you're darn right, but that's how persnickety I am. I figured we got these t-shirts left over. Let's do something special for the Nori event. And uh, so we took these t-shirts to the Nori event that I just had printed with the money sigil so on the front it says in really nice letters finding your magic on the back there's the money sigil which of course you know all about that and it's pretty cool to think of having it as a t-shirt well i still have some of these left we did not sell all of them and i contacted mobius and i said what sizes do we have and he says the only sizes left are women's extra large women's xl so if you would like to have a really nice t-shirt, I'm talking a nice, it's a nice black t-shirt that says finding your magic on the front and has the money sigil on the back, then um, I want to get rid of these last few for, I will say $25, including shipping and handling. So if you want one of those, just email me, go to joshuapwarren.com, joshuapwarren.com, and you can scroll down the homepage to find my email address. It's very simple, though. It's just contact at joshuapwarren.com. Let me know if you want one of those, and if you're one of the first people to contact me before they uh, sell out, then I'll send you a little invoice you can pay online with a debit or credit card or PayPal or whatever, and uh, we'll send you one of those t-shirts. They're really, really nice. Um, And as you can imagine, the next big thing I have that I'm getting geared up for is my event in Los Angeles on uh, Saturday, October the 13th in Hollywood. It's going to be a, a, a wishing machine workshop but it's going to be more than just that. I'm going to reveal some things that I've never revealed before, and I'll tell you more about that in an upcoming podcast. But anyway, you can find out information on that and a lot more, including other things I may have left in my curiosity shop. I'll be honest with you, I've sold out of a lot of stuff, 
but go to joshuapwarren.com, joshuapwarren.com. You'll also find a link to this podcast. It's called Joshua P. Warren Daily. It's always short. It's always free. And you can subscribe through various means or just follow me on Twitter at Joshua P. Warren, at Joshua P. Warren, and I will tweet when a new one is available. So that's it for today. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your interest and support. Thank you for staying curious. And I will talk to you again soon.